The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot in the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds Who different. are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious How about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler. Hello, and welcome to episode 229 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jeanne. Hey, friend. What's up, friend? Nothing much. How are you? I'm good. I'm really, really, really good. <laughs> you been all right? Nope. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I am. Um... I have to go visit the people tomorrow. What people? The people in HR. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, okay. Good luck. Yeah, but you know, reasons. You know, it's okay. I guess, I guess it's okay. <laughs> yeah, well. If not, you if, know, if cash you, at me. <laughs> if you survive flooding out the whole office, I think you'll, you'll be okay. Let me tell you about the communication at my job. So I called the people and facilities to tell them I flooded it. They were gone for the day. So I called the main number for the whole place where I work. And they came and fixed it. You know, they never told the people in my building. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. So like they randomly came by and I randomly told the guy and he was like, oh, y'all were the ones who caused the flood. And I was like, yeah, they didn't tell you. And they're like, no. Well, (laughs) that's kind of awkward. So, yeah. Well, good luck with the peoples. You know, if, if, if only I could just get a new job and then I could just deal with new people with new money. Yeah. Or if I could become like a real housewife or wherever where they don't really work and they get paid to drink on TV, that would be like the best thing. <laughs> I would be really great at that. Well, hopefully one of those three things works out yeah. for you. I got options. Yeah. I got goals. We're joined by the broadcast broadcast journalist himself, Mr. Magnum Prime. What's going on, Greg? What up? I'm back like measles in states with lax vaccination requirements. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, man, that's the reason why children are autistic is because they get vaccines, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. They only, you know, been doing it for like what eighty five years. Pretty much, you know. <laughs> so glad to have you back, G. Missed you last week, but we're gonna. Uh, oh, we gotta congratulate you on winning. Who you got? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. The uh, cool. the Vince McMahon altered edition of who you got. You were the winner. <laughs> so congratulations. Uh, we're, we 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 marvel at your consistency at being able to win this game. Uh, you know, I just throw darts at the board like the way they used to book raw. You know, just whatever. <laughs> that guy over there, that gal, they win stuff like that. 
So speaking of Monday Night Raw, we'll move right into our reviews for this week as Monday Night Raw was taking place in Chicago, Allstate Arena. Shout out to Jade to the Max. Her hometown had Raw this week. The crowd was hot as always. So Paul Heyman comes out, does his intro, but the crowd is booing Brock and Paul. (laughs) And they start chanting, burn it down. And we've been on TV like 15 seconds. He says that Rollins wanted Brock here tonight, thinking he's a bad man. Paul says Rollins thinks Brock has a problem with guys like himself, but he's a fool. Paul says Brock beat Styles, Brian, and Finn Balor. He says Rollins has to face Drew McIntyre tonight, the same man that took out Reigns and Ambrose. What is Rollins thinking? He actually said that Seth walks around like he's all bad and bougie. And everybody was like, Dear, what'd you say, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good moment in the broadcast uh, live tweet. Uh, Drew McIntyre arrives and he says it's refreshing to get the respect he deserves. He tells Brock he's going to have to find a new opponent for WrestleMania because he's going to take out Seth Rollins tonight. Rollins arrives and he attacks with a chair from behind. So he lays out Drew. He beats him down with about 10 or 15 chair shots to the back. He then runs into the ring and he chases off Brock. And that was our first segment. So Magna Prime, I'll let you weigh in first. The champ was here. He was trolling, holding up the belt, bouncing around. And then Drew McIntyre came. So we got kind of, you know, two ships crossing in the night. Maybe the one ship that's leaving in Brock and the new ship that's going to be on the horizon in Drew. And then we had Seth kind of, you know, get involved in the mix. So how would you feel they did building up the match at WrestleMania and possibly building up the first challenge to Drew McIntyre? And I'm just, I'm never a fan of having your, your top talent really mix it up like that before you're going to get into a, a program with them. So, and then, well, I, I won't get ahead of the program, but I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, I more so love the promo that, that Heyman was cutting because I always marvel at his hair situation because it's like, it's a throwback to like Boss Hog. And I'm like, yeah, like only Heyman can do that <laughs> in 2019. So big ups to him on that. Uh, Didi Jonay, on your scale of uh, chair shot ratings, how would you mm. rate this uh, attack by Seth Rollins? Um, to an eight because I haven't had very much to compare it to lately, but it made me very happy. Yes, first person I, I thought of was you. It's like, oh, yeah. I, I know somebody who's happy right now. Yeah, you know, you know how like you see something and that good old Grinch grin go, comes across your face. Mm-hmm. It's very bad. That's uh, going to happen in the SmackDown Madness report for me mm. later on. Oh, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's my stuff. So Finn Balor and Braun Strowman, well, it's supposed to be a mystery opponent, but I mean mystery partner, but uh, Michael Cole kind of spoiled it as they went to commercial. But it's Finn Balor and Braun Strowman versus Lashley and Leo Rush. Finn Balor cuts off Leo Rush and tags in Braun. Braun runs wild on Leo, tossing him around with ease. Lashley makes the save with the spear. It breaks down, and Leo hits a big frost blast for a two count. 
Lashley takes out Finn Balor. Braun then takes out Lashley, and he choke slams Leo Rush. Lashley bails, and Braun hits the power slam on Leo for the win. So, for the 27th iteration of Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley on Monday Night Raw, uh, Leo Rush might be the toughest dude in WWE. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sure. We had the uh, that one Beal that literally was a slobber knocker. There's no Jr. They call it. That's, that's the way it goes. Unfortunate, man. But yeah, I'm tired of Bobby Lashley and uh, Finn Balor. They they need to just move on from these two dudes. I, I can't wait till we get something new for both of them. So totally burned out on that. Ronda Rousey arrives, and she is informed that extra security has been hired for the night. She's late, and if Ronda has a I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude, she's got Travis Brown with her, so, you know, they're all big and bad. And when they walk in, I put on the live tweet that per the mind of Didi Jeanne, this is when <laughs> Alicia Fox comes up from behind with a lead pipe and lays them both out. <laughs> but, 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 we but we didn't get that, that booking, but that would have been highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was right there, but yeah. <laughs> it's time for a moment of bliss. Elias is Alexa's guest this week. Alexa Bliss hypes herself up as the host of WrestleMania, and she praises the card. Elias arrives, and he jams on his way out. Alexa Bliss flirts with him and promises that this is a safe place. Elias announces that he's the headlining musical act at WrestleMania. Uh, Didn't did we suggest that, Didi, on our show? Probably. Mm-hmm. He's motivated to thrive in the moment, and then he mocks the Chicago Bears. Elias says, on that night, if anyone dares to interrupt him, and that's when No Way Jose's music hits, and the conga line with Big O, Otis Dosevich leading the way, they dance out. Alexa Bliss is not happy that they came out early. She said, Otis, this is not what they practiced. And so they're having a kind of, you know, she's running them down and Elias is just looking at them like, what are y'all doing? And then that's when No Way Jose unmasked himself and he attacks Elias. Okay, now, Didi Janais is the second week in a row. We get got to see No Way Jose with his uh, green hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, fashion cast, do or don't? Give it to Naomi. It don't work for him. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads us to a match. Elias versus No Way Jose. No Way Jose heads up top. The high cross body block misses and Elias follows with the clothesline. They trade punches and Elias hits a body slam and a knee drop. Elias goes up top. He hits the elbow drop. Elias follows up with the drift away and Elias gets the win. Mm-hmm. So that fulfills Elias's quota of wrestling at least once in the <laughs> month of uh, March. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see when he wrestles again in April. <laughs> he actually might wrestle twice in April because he might do, you know, actually wrestle at WrestleMania. Kurt Angle's WrestleMania opponent is revealed. Angle says that he'll be wrestling a match tonight. And then he starts to hype his farewell match at Mania. He says that WWE has allowed him to pick his opponent. And while there are a lot of guys he loved to face, 
there's only one guy he wants to beat, and that's Baron Corbin. This is where you guys can start booing because this is where the crowd totally shit on this. Uh, he says that he wants to make Baron Corbin tap at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, they were chanting, we want Cena. Uh, yeah. This was, <laughs> That's awful. This was not what this crowd came for, boy. They came out there, Kurt was like, I'm going to announce my opponent. Boy, I was like, yeah. He said Baron Corbin. Oh, my gosh. Totally turned on him. So, Kurt Angle versus Chad Gable. Uh, Chad Gable gets to wrestle his childhood hero. So this is a big moment for him. Kurt Angle hits a German suplex, but Gable counters into an ankle lock. Uh, the crowd was not happy in that he put Kurt Angle in the ankle lock. Uh, Angle counters out, but Chad Gable hits the DDT for a two count. Chad Gable goes up top, and the moonsault misses. Kurt Angle gets the ankle lock. Chad Gable fights, but he eventually has to tap out, and Kurt Angle gets the win. Baron Corbin arrives and he says he can't wait to humble and embarrass Kurt Angle in his last match. So we go commercial and then we come back and we're backstage. Baron Corbin standing with the revival. They're kind of like blowing him off. Apollo Crews walks up. Apollo Crews challenges him to a match. Baron and Apollo go back and forth and then Baron Corbin eventually agrees to face Apollo tonight. Women's tag team champions Sasha Banks and Bailey are asked about ducking the double iconics. They say that they are appearing on SmackDown tomorrow, and Natty arrives and she's joined by Beth Phoenix. Beth says she respects the champions and what they've done for the title so far. Beth said that she and Natty never got that chance, and Beth was fine doing commentary until Nia Jax and Tamina tried to ruin things. Beth says they are way of they awoke a dragon with their actions, and she and Natalia still have a dream of being champions together, and they want to shot at the titles at Mania. Bailey says it would be great, but ask Beth, but ask Beth if she needs more time to prepare. Natalia puts over Beth and says Beth isn't afraid. Banks takes issue with Natalia's attitude and says Natalia is riding Beth's coattails to get a match at WrestleMania. So Beth. And not Beth, um, Sasha and Natalia, they start to brawl and we go to commercial. So we have a match, Natalia versus Sasha Banks. Uh, they continue to brawl as the match starts, but Natalia taking early control and covering for a two count. Sasha Banks escapes the abdominal stretch as he hits the charging knees, but then walks right into the rolling lariat. Nia Jax arrives. She talks shit to Beth during the match. Tamina then attacks Beth. Sasha Banks and Bailey. She lays all of them out. And then Nia is on the ramp, and Nia says that they'll see them at WrestleMania. So, Missy Dijonay, mm-hmm. Beth Phoenix gave you a reason on why she just couldn't stay on the commentary booth. Was that sufficient enough for you? No, because why don't you just go home? Um, Tamina has merch. Do you see her shirt that she had on? Nope. Okay. Um, I really like... She was out there? Yeah, you didn't see when Tamina came out there and, and laid out uh, Beth, Sasha, and Bailey? She's very forgettable, that one. <laughs> I swear I was watching. I love the Nia Jax promo. I like the attitude and how she carries her promos. She basically mm-hmm. told 
uh, best that I'm like the upgraded, better version of you. I'm prettier. I'm stronger. I'm better. Facts are facts, America. <laughs> so I really like how they set this up. Uh, after a couple of weeks off, Mojo Riley is back, and he's not pleased with the man in the mirror, so he was yelling at himself. Uh, Ricochet faced off against Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal whips Ricochet into the turnbuckles, but Ricochet fires back, and he starts to make his comeback. The springboard uppercut follows, then gets two count. Jinder Mahal powders to the outside. Ricochet hits the Shaska K special. Uh, back in, Ricochet hits the 630, and he gets the win. Uh, Rollins declares tonight's match is for Dean and Roman, his fallen shield brothers. Dana Brooke is in the back, get ready for her title match. She says it's the road to WrestleMania, and her dreams may come true tonight. So Ronda Rousey versus Dana Brooke, Raw Women's title match. Dana slaps Rousey, then she eats two knee strikes, flying armbar follows, and Dana Brooke taps. I think my recap was longer than the actual match. I think it took like 18 seconds. Uh, Ronda Rousey hangs on, and the refs try to break up the armbar, but Ronda refuses. So Ronda is just, you know, being a badass or whatever. So Ronda finally lets go. They get outside the ring. The security tries to, you know, put their hands on Ronda. So Ronda and her husband start laying out the security guards. Oh, it's so real. And then they leave and go through the back. It's so authentic. Somebody needs to arrest that fan. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's real. So then that, that's really assault. <laughs> it's not fake assault or anything. Poor Dana Brooke. She uh, got her arm mangled for the sake of Ronda getting over that she's a badass. I did kind of like when she kicked her in the head. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I will say. Baron Corbin versus Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews hits a plancha, but back in, Corbin cuts him off. Corbin follows up with strikes, and then he grounds things. Apollo Crews fights back, but he runs into the deep six for a two count. Baron Corbin slowly follows with strikes, but Apollo Crews counters the end of days into a cradle, and Apollo Crews, he gets the win. So, good for Apollo Crews. Got a new child in the world, so I guess they felt compelled to give him a win. So, that's what's up. It's not as a baby shower gift. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> he can win on Raw. <laughs> uh, Batista, uh, he's doing the uh, via satellite interview to discuss his issues with Triple H. Batista says that he doesn't like Triple H. He Boom. says he's wanted to come back for one last match with him. Batista then says that it goes back way before Evolution. Batista says Triple H only groomed him to be his muscle and to use him like a meathead to protect him. He says Triple H held him down and underestimated him. Michael Cole asked Batista about quitting, and Batista blames Triple H for that. Batista says Triple H was jealous of him and didn't think he was a star. Dave says now he's a movie star and he's in control, and he did it without Triple H. Batista says Triple H has everyone fooled and that Triple H is a jealous control freak. Batista says he hopes Vince wakes up and fires Triple H, and that mania... He will end Triple H's in-ring career. G, how you feel about this? Dave Batista promo. Never been, you know, the strongest on the mic, but 
you know, some movies and acting classes. I thought the week before was better. <laughs> but uh, uh hey, let's let's just get the business over with. <laughs> let's just get this done. He me doesn't seem like he plans on sticking around past mania, so let's just get the business over with. Mr. Ejane, I bring you in. What did you think about Mr. Dave Batiste in his satellite interview? Um, it was serviceable. It wasn't impressive or anything like that. Okay. They recap the issues between Braun and the SNL guys. Braun says he doesn't care what the SNL idiots have to say. Braun plans to enter the Andre uh, Battle Royal. Then Alexa Bliss arrives and she wants to make peace within the situation. Alexa asks Braun for one week to fix it and make it right, and Braun agrees. So, we all know Braun has a soft spot for Alexa Bliss going back to the Mixed Match Challenge, so she's probably the only one who can kind of calm him down when he gets enraged like that. Drew McIntyre comes out. He says his actions speak louder than his words, and then we get the video of him uh, beating down Roman last week. He says the big dog was back. But he knows that Roman wasn't the same guy. And thanks to him, the shield is done. Drew says this is his yard now. And Drew says that then he tells Joe that if he wants to be a hero so bad, he challenges him to a fight at WrestleMania. Drew tells Roman to look at your wife and kids and say no for them. He says, if you fight me, all bets are off. Drew says, I will destroy and hurt you. Then Seth Rollins arrives on the screen and says that things like that are the reason why he attacked Drew McIntyre earlier tonight. And he he says again that that attack was for his brothers, but the match tonight was for him. So it's main event time. Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. McIntyre grabs a chair and Rollins super kicks it into his face. Rollins follows with suicide dives, the sling blade, and a super kick for a two count. Drew McIntyre fights off the powerbomb and hits the reverse Alabama slam for a two count. Drew McIntyre takes Rollins up top, but Rollins slides out and he heads back up. Drew McIntyre headbutts Rollins to the mat, but Rollins pops up with the superplex and then he does the falcon arrow for the near fall. Brock's music hits and Brock arrives to distract Seth Rollins with a claymore by Drew McIntyre and that leads to Drew pinning Seth Rollins and getting the win. McIntyre set outside the ring and now going to drag Rollins out there with him. And Rollins still in the fight. The man who won the 2019 Royal Rumble match. If Seth Rollins has an ace up his sleeve, which he usually does, he may have to show it tonight just to survive McIntyre. Rollins, who prevents himself from going into the steps and catches McIntyre with an elbow. I just think we are Look so- at, oh, oh, oh so the steps, McIntyre swats Rollins away. Desperate Seth Rollins is a dangerous Seth Rollins, willing to do whatever it takes. Suicide dive and McIntyre, boom, oh. dropped him. On the barricade, the midsection, the lower back, the ribs of Rollins been attacked by McIntyre throughout. (laughs) 
And now driving Woo! McIntyre into the barricade. And again, where is this coming from? And Seth again a second time. Oh, my time. God. Rollins doing this for Reigns, for Ambrose. And for himself with yes! a sling blade. Kick to the face. Cover. Rollins for the victory. McIntyre kicks out at two. Seth with short jab to the body. McIntyre answers. Headbutt drops Rollins to the mat. Relatively unfamiliar territory for McIntyre. From the top rope. Superplex. And now, look at this. Falcon arrow by Rollins for the victory over McIntyre. What an incredible kick out by McIntyre. But what a display by Rollins, who now has to be wondering, what do I need to do? As McIntyre where he... Oh, no. Oh, wait a minute. Kick to the midsection. But that is the music of the Universal Champion of the Beast, Brock Lesnar. Flanked by his advocate, Paul Heyman. Lesnar just gave the championship to Heyman. Rollins. Meanwhile, McIntyre with a Claymore kick. Off the distraction. The cover on Rollins. McIntyre with the win. And a huge Here's win. Your winner, Drew McIntyre. On the face of the champion. Mind games work. McIntyre takes out Rollins. McIntyre accomplished his goal. All three members of the Shield in two weeks. Now, G, I know you weren't a fan of watching Seth Rollins take this L semi-clean in the middle of the ring right before WrestleMania, halting all his babyface momentum. What is what is going on? <laughs> what 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 is happening? Like why? Like this, this makes no sense whatsoever. Which who is who is excited by this? It, it, it makes no sense. I can't believe they burned that. They burned the match between those two. Distraction finish or not? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't get it. I don't I don't see the wisdom in that. But you know, this is this is kind of takes books off. This is what they do. Yeah, because you know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how they had pushed Drew kind of down to allow Seth to rise up and kind of be unchallenged and just have one focus. So it seems weird that right here, right before WrestleMania, they try to you know prop Drew back up real strong, and the way they do it is him pin Seth Rollins, you know. Yeah, I mean, is this a way for maybe is this foreshadowing for him right. not right. winning? And then uh, I guess Brock and Roman gonna do it again and just right into a program with Drew. I guess Man, going forward, if Brock Lesnar win again, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I don't think this fan base, this group of WWE fans can handle Brock Lesnar winning one more time. But it won't matter because Vince will have the money. 
<laughs> like jokes on y'all, y'all paid for the tickets. I, right. I still got the money. Right. So it didn't matter. Vince didn't care. We all know this. That would be trolling to the utmost. <laughs> man, people are ready to see that belt up off of him. That was your Monday Night Raw for this week. Uh, this really wasn't that great of a show. Um, Another. The beginning was strong. The first segment was really good. I like the tag team women's match stuff. That was really good. Um, that was really about it. The main event match was good, but like Greg, I don't really understand why they would try to heat Drew up right here before WrestleMania by using Seth as the person to kind of get him hot. So. Uh, we'll see what uh, comes about there, but uh, the Seth, uh, the Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre match itself at Mania, that's going to be fire. Though. Yeah, it should be. Hopefully, they'll get the the proper time too. Right. I, I don't. I don't want to see you know a six or seven minute match. They should get longer to work. Well, you know, they got like a they they gonna end up having like a seven hour window with like eighteen <laughs> matches. So you know. And somebody's still going to go over with their lot <laughs> Right. Somebody's still going to get shorted. So, uh, <laughs> women's tag team title match, I'm looking at you. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, you know how that goes. So, a reminder that the WrestleCast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and also on the CSPN YouTube page. So, Miss Didi Jonay, I'll turn it over to you because it's time for our SmackDown Manage Report. All right. Um, this week they are in Indianapolis. The Miz is here to comment on Shane's betrayal and their Mania match. There's some video footage. He says he's been consumed for a decade, taking shortcuts to get to Mania, ruining relationships. But his relationship with Shane meant something to him it was all to make his father proud and his father said he loved him and told him he was proud so shane made that happen people actually warned him about shane and he didn't believe it almost like how never mind i don't want to talk about y'all's president shane attacked him in front of his father and then threatened his father he will never forget that night as he laid there helpless shane is rotten just like his father and born the worst not the best you may own this company he says but you don't own me he was always told he was average, remember when he was on The Real World, and made it to WWE and became a champion and must see TV. He did it on his own. You can't deny his work ethic. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard enough. Say that. He's had to earn everything he has. Shane only deserves an ass beating at Mania. So there's a match. It happens with Donald's favorite people, the double iconics versus um, the tag team women champs, the Boston. I'm not calling them that. Bailey and Sasha. It's the worst name on earth. The Boston Hug Connection. I'm not calling them that. Stupid. So, this is a non title match to prove that the double iconics are better than. Bailey and Sasha. Bailey fights and makes the tag. Bangs runs wild, hits a meteora, and then dunks Billy Kay. There's a knee strike that follows. Sasha takes out Billy Kay and then Peyton Royce. 
the notes leave out that that weirdo Lacey Evans came walking down the ring for no damn reason oh, and distract, oh. distracted my girls. And that is how Peyton Royce was able to roll up. Thanks for the win. Also, along with the help of Billy Kay, holding her arm so that she couldn't raise her shoulder. Uh, and that's, so, that's when so I really, had my, um, my little I know. smile. I know you did. When you when you told me you had a Grinch smile, it was like there could only be one reason. <laughs> I was like, you know, I love the Hill Life Supreme move. Yeah, no, I'm not mad. Yeah, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. You're you right. know, right. who's mad? I'm not mad. Yes. And, and well, I'm mad it was Sasha, but I'm not mad. Peyton Royce looks amazing with her sandy brown hair. Sure. I'll let you have it because Lord knows I could go on about Elias. <laughs> Um, next, the Kevin Owens show. Kevin no, Owens is a fan. What? You skipped a part. I don't care about seven foot tall Ray Mysterio Jr. <laughs> Does it make you feel old? No. <laughs> Does it make you feel old? Hell yeah, because that kid was like seven years old, eight years let old. Me, let me tell you something. I work with people who, I work with children who were born in 2004. There's nothing <laughs> about Dominic that could make me feel older than I already feel. Like, I'm. <laughs> I'm there already. Like, like it was a culture shock when I was like 97, 99, 2000, 2003. First of all, we skipped 2001 and 2. We went straight to 2003 and 4. And I'm like, you young ass children. What is this? And they're all taller than me. Niggas got mustaches and shit. Like, shit is weird. So, yeah, no. Dominic is a million feet tall. That's great. Um, he's going to be with his dad when Rey Mysterio faces Samoa Joe at Mania for the U.S. title. Dominic says Joe is a bully and he'll be ringside at Mania. I guess to whip his ass because they're the same size. I don't. Samoa Joe is going to fuck Dominic up. You I know. know I know. Listen, if Dominic got a chair, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> Better get out of that fighting fair mode, boy. <laughs> you was at Lucha Underground with your daddy. You know what it is. <laughs> Shit. Better get a steel chair and hope for the best. Okay, so yes, Kevin Owens show. He's fancy. He's got on a suit jacket, <laughs> a red tie, and like a t-shirt. It's great. Street, the aesthetic is killing me. Straight 1980s. Your favorite never. I love it. Owens puts over Kofi and announces that his guests are Charlotte and Becky. Becky comes out. Then Charlotte follows and the crowd is still chanting for Becky because we know who the man is. Owens talks about friendships going wrong. We all know that he knows about it. He talks about Rousey calling Becky a joke and that she could win in a handicap match against both them girls. He also brings up Charlotte saying that Becky will be carrying her bags by SummerSlam. Owens then says that they have talked a lot, but no one wants to see them talk anymore. He wants to see them fight. Charlotte says she'll beat the hell out of Becky. And Owens is like, Becky, before you respond, give me seven seconds to slide on out this ring. Thank you so much. Man, I, uh, what seems to be the norm here lately, this was a Jade to the Max edition of uh, SmackDown Matters for me. Mm-hmm. Man, it's like 1225 and I am in my house crying, howling, <laughs> taking that second to get out the ring and be like, okay, Becky. <laughs> you can, you Becky answer. was like, all right, like you good? Okay. <laughs> and walk right across the face. It was amazing. They brawl, it spills over the table, they fight into the floor, security arrives to pull them apart. 
Somebody hit security, but I guess Veronica can do it. Why can't they? I don't care. You know, because it's, well, you know, when Becky does it, it's not real. So the security guard is actually okay. You see where we're going with this. AJ's interviewed and says that Randy has had certain advantages. Sure, he's great. And he's a first-round draft pick while AJ admits to being a walk-on. And Mania, he's coming to tear down the house. And then he wishes Kofi good luck. Because everybody loves Kofi, except those people. Um, hold on. In in the news portion, we'll stick this in here. AJ mm-hmm. Styles signed a new contract with WWE. So More, more importantly, AJ Styles got a new puppy. Oh, yeah. I don't even know puppy. what kind of dog it was, but yeah, he looked cute. Uh, maybe be a Weimariner. Yeah. Or a, like a wiener dog. A collie. Not a collie. I don't know. She was beautiful, though. I feel like it was a girl. She was adorable. A little chocolate mane, big old ears, the little face. No. He looked like the type who would get a bulldog, though. So I'm, I'm figuring that little girl picked him out. <laughs> Call me crazy. Anyway. Daniel Bryan arrives. Rowan is with him. Bryan says Kofi being in the gauntlet match is an injustice because he doesn't deserve it. Bryan overcame the ass, but Kofi hasn't been held in. What kind of answer? Okay. You know who he is? He's, um, what's that girl's name? Abby? Who sued for about the affirmative action? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's who he is. He said Kofi was handpicked and given a chance he never earned. Kofi fought hard but lost in earning nothing. Kofi is a B-plus player. That's okay for you fans. B-plus is good enough no matter how much you chant for Kofi. He'll lose again. The New Day arrives. And, you know, or me. And he's talking shit about my friend. First of all, I just feel like the steel chair is the answer for everything. I really do. <laughs> Like, you talking, and I could just hit you with a steel chair. Like, cut all this shit out. But anyway, Kofi's gauntlet match begins pretty much right at 9 o'clock. His first opponent is Sheamus. Sheamus is the Irish Crusher, too. Then a Cloverleaf follows. Kofi fights and counters into a cradle for two. Then there's a knee strike that gets a two. Sheamus sets for a bro kick, but Kofi counters into the cradle for another near fall. Then there's a trouble in paradise from Kofi that lands and finishes Sheamus and Roth. But almost immediately he has to go and fight Cesaro, who was down by ringside to be with his um with his tag team partner. For some reason that was allowable, but you know, whatever. It's not like Cesaro cheated, as far as I recall, so that's fine. Kofi hit a running crossbody for two. The locker room baby faces watch on. It starts with his New Day brothers plus the Usos, and as it goes on. He gathers more and more people. That's cool, because we love him. Kofi follows with kicks. Cesaro hits the big swing. He swung him a good 10, 10, 11, 15 times. I was like, that is... Yeah, about 15. Yeah, that's the longest he has swung swung somebody in months, if not years. He swung the shit out of that man. Uh, The Cloverleaf followed. Kofi fights for the ropes and then pulls himself up. Cesaro saw the Follows with a suplex for two. Cesaro looks for a Boston Crab and gets it. The neutralizer, however, is countered. And Kofi hits an SOS for the win. Next, opponent number three is Eric Rowan. He immediately hits a clothesline, follows with chops. There's a corner splash. And he dumps Kofi with, and follows with the clothesline. He sends Kofi to the barricade twice. He gets a chair. He uses it. So everybody's like, oh, no, you're hurting Kofi. It's terrible. It's awful. Wait. That means Rowan's DQ'd. 
Kofi's still alive. But until the next part, person comes out, Rowan pulls Kofi and tosses him into the timekeeper's area. Then he slams him through the announce table. All to be greeted by opponent number four, Samoa Joseph. Joseph locks on the sleeper. Kofi hits a jawbreaker, then runs into the ST Joe for two. Joe works a neck crank, but Kofi counters and misses the corner splash. Joe teases the muscle buster, but Kofi counters into a cradle and pins Samoa Joseph. Kofi's last opponent is RKO. He counters the RKO and hits the trouble in paradise with a slow to follow up, and Orton manages to roll to the floor. After the break, Orton is in control, takes Kofi up top. Kofi fights him off and hits the high cross, but Orton rolls through for a juke count. He hits the draping DDT and sets up for the RKO, but Kofi counters and rolls up for and for the win. The crowd goes wild. They go to the reaction shot of all the baby faces in the back. You don't even see the new day. Like, they have jetted out to meet their friend. And the second that they turn the camera back, they are in the middle of the ring, hugging their friend. Everybody thinks everything is sweet. In these instances, the only advice I can ever give you is look at the clock. If on SmackDown it ain't 10.59 with 10 seconds left, shit ain't sweet. And things can go bad. So I think this was about mm, like 9.53, 9.54 time. So there was plenty of time for bad shit to go off. Bad shit this time would be Vince McMahon arriving. He praises Kofi for the win. He says, you're going to WrestleMania. Congratulations. You're going to WrestleMania as long as you can beat one more opponent. Now, personally, I don't know who we all thought was coming out, but I was like, the fuck? Did he bring in Braun Strowman? Like... (laughs) I don't know why I was expecting, like, Kane or some shit to come back up. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I thought it was, like, like I don't know, like, Luke Harper, like, some insurmountable odd. Like, what, what is Daniel Bryan? But it really doesn't matter who it is because he's been fighting for an hour. He's been fighting five other people. He's already been put through a table. He's been clotheslined. He's been thrown into the, to the timekeeper's area. He's been fucked up. So a fresh-ass Daniel Bryan, little as he is, is a big problem. Daniel Bryan lays in kicks, misses the head kick, and the SOS by Kofi gets a two. Bryan goes back to the kicks, hits two corner drop kicks. Kofi counters the third into a cradle for two. He heads up top, which was a bad idea. But Bryan cuts him off, and Kofi crashes and burns. He stomps away at Kofi like Kofi owes him money or some shit. And then he hits the bicycle knee, and he pins Kofi, and everybody's sad except Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I just want to say what's on the mind of everyone all over the world, and that's Kobe Kingston. Congratulations. What you have accomplished is nothing short of miraculous thus far. And Kobe, you're going to WrestleMania. Amen. You're going to WrestleMania as long as you can defeat this one last opponent. Are you kidding me? And Xavier, you and Big E must leave the premises immediately, otherwise Kofi would forfeit his opportunity. Why? This is the most ridiculous. And just one other thing, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, Kofi, good luck. 
good, good luck. Oh, what's what? For what? No. What? No. You're telling me beating five men in one night wasn't enough. Competing for over 55 minutes. Now Kofi Kingston has to beat the WWE champion. The people still believe. You have every reason to believe. I still believe as well. After what I've seen this man, Kofi Kingston, go through. Oh, Brian went for the kick. Kofi Kingston, hold on. No. SOS. Get up. Get up. You can see Kofi didn't even get everything behind the SOS, could barely rotate his Come own on. body. Might have hurt himself in the process. Come on, Kofi, regroup. You got Daniel Bryan on the ropes right now. Now they do Daniel oh. Bryan crashing into the corner. Bryan with a full head of steam. Trying to crush Kofi Kingston's WrestleMania dream. Uh. Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, Kofi. Oh, what a kick out by Bryan. We've been saying it all night long. We don't know how, but Kofi, with every single curveball, is still surviving. And Kofi, wait a minute, still trying to find the energy. Brian evaded. That might have been a last gasp effort. If, if, if you believe in miracles, you might believe Kofi still has a chance, but Daniel Bryan's trying to remove all doubt, all hope. Shots right to the face of Kofi Kingston, who could be out. And now Daniel Bryan mocking the WWE Universe with a yes chant. Oh, Kofi, shake it off, shake it off. Oh, Bryan has got Kofi in his sights, oh. and the running knee obliterates Come Kofi on. Kick Kingston. Out. Kick out! Kofi Kingston is not going to WrestleMania. God, here is your winner, the WWE Champion, the new Daniel Bryan. Because he has no soul. Vince McMahon is the goddamn devil. Vince McMahon is a rich white man. And everything from there makes sense. I was so worked up in my house at 1 o'clock in the morning last night. <laughs> like, come on, man. It's one of those things where... You 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 don't know why they're not giving you what you want, but you understand that this is a company that has had Brock Lesnar be the champion for over a year. So you kind of internalize the idea that this won't go nicely, you know. And I think, especially like when you get into what's been happening for the rest of the week on like social media and the things Big E said and the things that the New Day said, you want to think that this is just the WWE's new way of you know, setting up an amazing, epic WrestleMania. And it's like, may- maybe Kofi will get to WrestleMania. But y- do y'all have faith that Kofi going to win? Really? Because, like, I just, I don't. Not that he don't deserve it. Not that this wouldn't be a great goddamn time for it. Not like it wouldn't be a great topper to the story. But have you noticed that the WWE be like, fuck your story. Like, at almost every chance they get. So I can't, I don't know. All I know is I'm disappointed. 
So it seems like for some reason they're stretching it, and I don't know why. They've already stretched it enough with adding this gauntlet match stipulation to it. Yeah. You know, okay, he goes through that, and it's like, oh, hold on. Let me stretch it one more week. So I, I guess the compelling part for those of us that are, like, doing podcasts and, you know, really into it is like, well, how the hell do you get to the match now? Yeah. You know, so so what are they going to do? Is, is New Day just going to sit in the ring and take over the show next week until Kofi? But that doesn't seem like that's Kofi's M.O., you know what I'm saying? He doesn't seem yeah. like he's a disturber in that way, you know? He's not Big E as AB <laughs> might be, though. Right, exactly. So how does he get in the match? What's the what What's the next hurdle? How do they get there? Well, you know, like, the, the easy half-ass way to do it is the same way they got Becky back, which is just have Stephanie come out and be like, oh, yeah, I, cha- I changed my mind. Yeah. I vetoed it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, it is that simple. Yeah. Because it, And I think the other thing about this is you just sat all your asses in the ring and said, you're going to give us what we want. <laughs> and then your father was like, fuck that. No. Like, no, we're not. <laughs> Can't. Can y'all get on one accord? Can y'all all be heels together? Or can we just like what like what are we doing here? Like it's so weird. How do you feel about the language that is being used in the promo with the you know, just the, the tone and the sentiment? A lot of people are not feeling, you know, just the the things that we all know about yeah. just being black in general and then yeah. you know compound with the WWF and WWE yeah. how they work. How do how do you feel? Is it is it too real? Is it is it getting too close to you know the raw I think and not to really even bring Rhonda back into it, but I think what's going on with Kofi and Biggie and Xavier and us, you know what I mean, as a whole as viewers, is what they're they're trying to do with Rhonda and her storyline, where it's like Rhonda's storyline is I'm real, everything I do is real. That shit over there is fake, right? Mm-hmm. But we all know that that's not true because obviously it's not true. But then you've got this other storyline where it's like I work hard, I do everything you ask me to do. I've been a tag champ for over a year. I give you WrestleMania moment after WrestleMania moment rumble moment after rumble moment and now that I could have my time you keep snatching it away because I'm not your type of champion and that is the realest shit ever because when you look at the champions you have nobody to look to really besides The Rock you know what I mean like yeah Booker T was a champion but that's that it's not the same you know what I mean and the fact that you could even name them all on one hand is a problem so I feel like this is it's a storyline because of course it is they know what's going on but I feel like it's a little too on the nose if the end result isn't Kofi as champion you know what I mean because you can put people you can put people through the stress of like oh how you do my boy like that but when they come out on top it's okay but if he's not going to come out on top you basically put him through the ringer Fucked him over, fucked him up, emotionally damaged all of us because we finally thought our friend was gonna have something. And I was like, why would you do that? 
was like, that's, that's just not nice. You're just not a good person. So I feel like that's why you have so much emotion of why is it so on the nose and why is it so much like real life if then what you're going to do is shit on us even further. Because it's one thing if you act like you don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing if you act like, oh, it's just a coincidence. You know, but if you're acting like, I have kept you black people down and I'm going to keep doing so. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's hurtful. It's like, I'd rather you would pretend to be like, well, I don't see color. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather you go with that lie. <laughs> just, that just would make me feel better about it. Yeah, that's been a big topic um, past couple of days with, again, uh, like I've been saying, the best promo stuff is online. It's on Twitter. It's on uh, YouTube, WWE.com. Uh, New, Day, New Day has a really great promo that they cut in the locker room right after the match um, where Biggie and Kofi are just kind of like, hey, man, you know, hey, you know, we like you were saying, we do everything right. They just keep stacking the deck, you know. If you would, you know, if you beat five guys, Vince would have put five more guys out there, and he beat them. He would put five more guys out there. You know, they just trying to hold you down, like you're saying. It's just really strong promo, and then, um, so that was kind of like the first blush, a reaction that they had after the match, and then uh, later uh, on Wednesday, Big E came out with another uh, Twitter just kind of video. Where he was talking about, you know, we've had a little bit more time to reflect and, you know, we're kind of weighing our options about what we're going to do and what we want to pursue and, you know, how real is this for us, you know? So just really Mm -hmm. good stuff, really good stuff. And like you said, it's hitting so much on the nose that it is definitely sparking a lot of emotion that you usually don't get from WWE stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, it would be. It wouldn't even be heartbreaking, right? But it would be so on the nose if after all of this, Kofi still lost. Like, because I, I firmly believe he'll be at WrestleMania. But, like, still not coming out the champion. Or, like, wins, but he's still not the champion. Like, just some bullshit like that. Like, I could easily see it. And maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. Maybe they, they'll do the right thing. But, again, Brock Lesnar is still champion. So, I don't have the faith in them right. at all. And uh, it just goes to their new, I guess it goes like you were bringing up earlier, it goes to their new way of building up stuff through social media, too, because you you can do more stuff. You can say, you can use worse language, you can, you know, and and all you do, if you just tweet something, you don't, they can always use the, uh, the, the talent can always use the excuse of, I just tweeted it. I didn't know that everybody was going to take it and run with it the way they did. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it also has an element of feeling like it's more real if you see it on social media compared to on TV where everybody knows, oh, they have a script and they have time cues and blah, blah, blah. But hey, if they get on their social media and say it, then, you know, maybe I'm not really supposed to be seeing this or this is their actual feelings and stuff. And so it has Mm -hmm. a little bit more, it's more, it helps drive the stories much better than TV does in reality right now. Yeah, I think it does because it blurs the line because you got people like Naomi who that's not even her handle. Her handle is her real name. So like already there's like a blending like people who like they're not necessarily like supposed to be cool with. Oh, I love it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So with that line blurred, when they switch back and be like, I will snatch your weave out. 
I will punch you when I see you. These are straight facts. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like, oh, tell me how you really feel. Yeah, right, right. So, just a change in philosophy. I don't know if it's for the better or for worse, but it's what they're doing, and you know, it's modern. So, it says that they they notice that it's a metric that gets things going. So, mm-hmm. so they're just trying to capitalize, like you said, and. It started with Becky and Rhonda, and it looks like this is the next one that they're trying to go that route with. But it's like, hey, let's build up as much social media presence with it to go along with the TV and see what we can do. She's not good on there either, though. <laughs> like, have you Jenny noticed Blue's that she on. has more followers than Becky? But anytime that there's like a back and forth between them, her interactions are always way less than Becky's. Oh, yeah. Her retweets, her likes are always way less than Becky's. And it's like, but you have more people. Because it's like, but you're not as interesting. And it's just like, you don't know how to zing. And it's like, I understand Dusty's gone, but there has to be somebody in the WWE who was a good talker, who can teach these kids. Like, some things are just innate. If you got it, you got it. But there has to be something that they can do for her and other people. Like, you need to be on the mic. But how can you become a good talker when you got somebody telling you and, and giving you what you're going to say? And but the thing is, then that means you need to be a good actress. And, and it, unfortunately, she's not that either. I was about to say, and, but, but 90% of the people on the roster aren't. That's why, like, somebody like Samoa Joe is really a genius yeah. because... He comes out there every week. We all know that they give him something to say, but somehow every week he can twist it and make it sound like it's fresh off of his mind and not like I remember at, you know, the third paragraph is this, 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 the fourth paragraph. Yeah. Is this, 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 this. yeah. And it's like, maybe they don't have enough faith in the people, but it's just like, you should be able to say broad strokes. Tell me how you feel. Like you're not gonna tell me somebody wrote and told a lies to call little what's his name and say, "Do I need to call CPS? Like, who is this strange man <laughs> with you? Like, do your like, do your parents know where you are? Like, nobody's gonna tell me anybody in the back wrote that. Like, that had to be either Elias or that little boy himself. I can't think of his name, Leo. Leo right? Like one of it was one of their ideas. It was not nobody else in the back. I know it wasn't. So it's like, why can't you? Why? First of all, let me just say it like this: Why do I know them if you don't have enough confidence in them to do it themselves? Like they should—they just shouldn't be out. I shouldn't ever have—I should not have seen Rhonda until she was able to stumble, not stumble over her words. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She should have stayed wherever she was. Should have kiki with Shayna and all them other MMA bitches before we saw her. Like there was no rush. She could have she could have waited a month or two or three, however long it took. Like, and there are other people. It's not just her. I really feel like I shouldn't see you until you're well rounded. And if you shit on the microphone and you don't have a Paul Heyman to hide behind, you need to stay away. And then maybe and maybe Rock can go back to being two hours. Win win win. It's, that's Raw is a two hour show. They stretch to three and. And by stretch, I mean they got that thing all the way to the seams. They they can't stretch it no more. It's, it's uh, there are ways to do it, 
But it's just like, why? Why are we even but, trying but so see, hard? It's, it kind of goes back to what we're talking about. Because they don't have enough good talkers. They can't fill the time with people giving us just fire-ass interviews. And if they had more talkers, then that would be how you fill the time up. But then my thing is, if, if you don't trust them to just do it, then why don't you do the pre-tape shit? You know what I mean? Right. Why don't you just find somebody who can write? Listen, find, some, find a soap opera person who knows how to give you good commentary and good words that don't mean shit because the storyline don't move but two inches in three years. You know what I mean? Like, find somebody who knows how to write. Sit them down, give them mood lighting, or I don't know. I don't know. Take like you know, like if you took Daniel Bryan to a recycling bin, something like you know, you, you get it. <laughs> it's something that and, fits their, their yeah, their character, right? Exactly. You know, to have Lacey Evans instead of doing a random walk down the runway, have her at like I don't know a vintage store, some bullshit like that, or like at the mall looking at girls in booty shorts and being like still cold outside put some clothes on your like something <laughs> anything like just uh, so stupid yeah that's the that's old school wwf where they would have the uh pre-tapes to just you know build upon the personality you know it might be like a minute and a half little little deal to just build upon the yeah. personality and, and give people some backstory yeah nobody has any backstory like yeah you know ricochet Black, they just pop up hey we're here. Up here yeah but, but you don't get to see like oh you know i'm ricochet i was here i was there I'm, all you know is i'm from paducah kentucky and i like to do flips i'm ricochet <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah and actually the more i think about it Lacey really was easy because all you had to do was have her in the background remember when they walked in on alexa when she didn't have her shirt on all they had to do was have Lacey walk by and be like like easy all you had to do is be like oh that's what you're wearing to the ring it's a little tight it's a little bare you know if if her whole deal is I'm from the genteel audience oh your hair is purple never seen that in nature like easy <laughs> it's, it don't gotta be difficult but instead you just have her walking around in ugly vintage clothing but like there's no point getting across nobody knows who she is unless y'all don't know who she is because you're going to change who she's supposed to be right i'll be glad when they eventually figure out what it's gonna be because i'm tired of this you know just walk down to the ring and don't do nothing beat somebody up still care what did i tell you still share is the answer to everything like you know walk by somebody and fluff their hair or something you know do something yeah it's, it's weird definitely so we're gonna move on to NXT. This was a sad show because Triple H comes out. He's got Goldie, so you know Aww. what that means. This is the episode where Tommaso Ciampa has officially given up the title because he's undergone his successful neck surgery. Triple H says dreams come true here at NXT. For some, it's years just to get a chance. It takes years just to get a chance to get to NXT. The reality is the dream can end at any moment. He said he was coming out here to announce that Ciampa versus Gargano was going to be the main event for TakeOver, but reality has made the match impossible since Ciampa had to have neck surgery and relinquish the title. Triple H says this will provide a chance for someone else, 
as Johnny Gargano will get a chance to compete for the title. He says tonight, five men will face off to see who will be his opponent. So Ricochet, Adam Cole, Aleister Black, the Velveteen Dream, and Matt Riddle will face off with the winner facing Johnny Gargano for the championship. Triple H says that the championship match and the champion has to be official. So he says that that title match at NXT TakeOver New York will be a two out of three falls match. Hmm. So then for the rest of this show, they just start interviewing people about, you know, the match and what they think. Uh, Kona Reeves, he hits on the interviewer, Kathy Kelly, and then he says he's not impressed <laughs> with the Fatal Five Way tonight. The Forgotten Sons, they hype up next week's Dusty Classic Finals, uh, saying that, oh, you know, they forgot us already, talking about the main event for this week. Well, who's in the main event next week? We are. Now, the Forgotten Sons said they plan to cement their legacy and go on to win the tag team titles. Uh, then we get a bunch of, like, promo videos for each men uh, detailing, again, DD, like you were talking about, just a little bit of a background, you know, why mm-hmm. who they are. You know, what they've accomplished and, you know, why they, you know, need to be the champion. Uh, we see video of Ciampa arriving for his surgery and the doctors discussing the surgery. And we see, you know, the x-rays and, you know, basically why he's ha- having the surgery. Uh, the doctor says that this is the fourth surgery that he has done on Tommaso Ciampa. He says it's the third one he's done in like a short period of time. And he's just uh, amazed at how remarkable he is that he can keep bouncing back and coming back. So, again, you know, hope for a speedy recovery. The doctor said, yeah, that usually this takes about a year for somebody to come back from. So, long road ahead for Tommaso Ciampa. Kathy Kelly, she's in the back. She's interviewing uh, Kari Sane and Io Shirai about the upcoming four-way at a NXT TakeOver New York. Uh, they talk about their TakeOver title match, and then they put over their friendship. And that's when mm-hmm. Bianca Belair arrives and says neither should be going to the title match because she would have beaten EO last week if Shayna hadn't gotten involved. And she mm-hmm. said, well, she's just going to have to run through the both of them and become the champion because her mindset is undefeated. So now it's time for the match, the Fatal Five-Way, Ricochet, Adam Cole, Aleister Black, Velveteen Dream, and Matt Riddle. Aleister Black and Velveteen Dream, they trade shots. Aleister Black hits a Meteora and a German suplex. Matt Riddle hits the Centon and the Fisherman's Buster for a two count. Adam Cole super kicks Matt Riddle and he hits the last shot for a two count. Ricochet follows with kicks to Adam Cole, but Adam Cole counters the Benadriller and he lays in some super kicks. We get a reverse runner by Ricochet, which sends Adam Cole to the floor. The Shasuke special, the Shasuke special rather, follows by Ricochet. Riddle and uh, Velveteen Dream are back in the ring. The Dream counters the powerbomb, but he eats a knee strike. The bro mission follows, and Adam Cole pulls the ref out of the ring just before the Velveteen Dream tapped out. We get a black mask on uh, on Matt Riddle from Aleister Black. Velveteen Dream hits Aleister Black with the Dream Valley Driver. Then the Dream heads up top, and that's when Ricochet sends him to the floor onto the pile of people with a Hurricane Rhino. The shooting star press from Ricochet to Matt Riddle follows, and that's when Adam Cole hits the knee strike to Ricochet, and he pins Ricochet, and Adam Cole, baby. 
will go on to face Johnny Gargano at NXT TakeOver New York. Uh, this, Yay. this was a hell of a match, as you might imagine. Uh, it was about 25 minutes. And uh, yeah, they were just all over the place. Big moves, uh, big strikes, big flips. Um, yeah, it's worth your time to go watch this if you have a half, a half hour uh, over the weekend or sometime in the week. Just just watch this match. It's really good. And uh, so it looks like Adam Cole, baby, is going to be on his <laughs> quest to start the Undisputed Era uh, gaining all the gold in NXT. They vowed that they would have all the championships, and it looks like they're going to try to start with the NXT championship. So, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and that's going to be a hell of a match. Two out of three falls. Uh, it's going to be a blow away. So, I can't wait to see what those two guys do. Um, a, a weird episode of NXT, considering that it was, you know, one match, one long match. And then just a bunch of uh, promos and videos, but it's still entertaining. And uh, they actually did a really good job of featuring everybody and getting you um, into why that, you know, these are the five guys that were worthy of a title shot and uh, being in this match. So I enjoyed this uh, episode of NXT a whole, whole lot. And, uh, you know, can't say enough about it. So please go check it out. Uh, also, um, I heard. Uh, one of our followers to the WrestleCast uh, Twitter account that we should check out Tony Nice and Cedric Alexander from 205 Live. Uh, it was the finals of the Cruiserweight Tournament to see who's going to face Buddy Murphy at WrestleMania. And uh, praise is really high on that match. So there's another suggestion uh, for you guys that you can check out uh, from WWE this week. So. Miss Didi's your name at this point. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Your shout outs and thank you for this week. Uh, nothing else to add. I just shout out Jade as always. Mel, because Mel always gets shout outs. Um, Sam, Greg, the chairman, all the ladies of Glow, Jade Shrill and my K pop connect. Um, who else? Oh, Ash, my General Hospital Connect. Shout out to her, too. Um, I don't think I'm missing anybody. I think that's it. I'd like to give a shout out to Miss Didi Jone, helping me each and every week here on the WrestleCast. Magnum Prime, of course. What up, Sam? Shout out to Classic as well. Everybody who you know is a part of live tweets, thank you guys for being a part of the community. Uh, it's so much fun each and every week to interact with y'all. Y'all are the best. Um, I went back and scrolled through the SmackDown Matters uh, live tweet for the parts that I missed. And it, I can always tell when y'all really enjoy something because y'all don't tweet about it. So nobody had any tweets for the Kevin Owens show. So I know y'all enjoyed that the most. <laughs> it's like there's tweets about this, there's tweets about that. But that part is like nobody tweeted. It's like oh, everybody was watching that. They were enjoying it. So thank y'all once again for rocking with the Russell cast, listening to the episodes, following the Twitter account, interacting. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, like I said uh, last week and every week, check out the Patreon page, go check out the dark match, listen to the pre and post show conversations of the Russell cast cast a strong style. 
uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. Sign up to become a backstage pass holder. And for $3 a month, you'll gain access to all the premium content that we have here on the CSPN. So please check it out. You get a little bit more in-depth talk on some some things we don't always get a chance to talk too in-depth about on the WrestleCast. You can hear about Miss Dee's journey through keto and, <laughs> and how that's going. And oh, I lost 30 pounds. Oh, congratulations, friend. Thank you. Getting bikini ready, fellas. Watch I out. Still, I still want bread, but yes, thank you. Pointing at the clavicle mania, son. Listen, I feel them. <laughs> They're peeking. So I think that's the perfect way to end the show. With Didi Jonet giving us her results of her keto. So it's definitely working and paying off. Keep up the hard work. <laughs> so proud of you. And on that note, for our SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet, the Rawcast broadcast journalist, Magnum Prime, I'm your host, Don DeLorente. And this has been episode 229 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Honestly, I'm not not even surprised. I'm not even surprised. Of course, of course Vince brought somebody else to fight you because there was never any chance for you to actually win. It doesn't matter. He beat five, they bring out another five. He beat those ten, he bring out another five. I'm telling you, after an over an hour in the gauntlet, he did it once, he did it again. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The glass ceiling is still there. He'll punch through that glass ceiling. Cole, Cole, he'll punch through that glass ceiling. They'll just put another one there. This, it doesn't matter. What else? What, what else have we done here? What, what more? Happens. What more do we have to do here? Every time you get a shot, there's hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. You put your life on the line. You put your body on the line. You put everything on the line for 11 years. That's no loyalty given back to you. What more do you have? That is your reward, Cole. What happened tonight? That is the reward. 11 years. Why are we doing this anymore? There's Why no are we reason. doing this, Cole? There's no reason, Cole. You've done a lot in your career. There is absolutely no reason that should happen. So, matter of fact, you know what? I think we should quit. Honestly, if, I, if I'm being honest, I think we should hey, quit. honestly, you've done a lot here. I, I, I agree. I think we should quit, too. Nah, that, that, that's not right. We've done everything we can here. Kof. Everything we can. He, Vince McMahon showed it himself. That's as high as you're going to get. Yeah. That's it, Kof. And that's the man And it's charge. not you. It's not you because you showed everything. Exactly. You showed how good you are on a weekly basis. Yeah. This last month, for 11 years, you showed it every night. And this is it. This is the casino. And this is them telling us you can't beat the house. That's exactly what they want everybody to understand. And they're using you. They're using us as an example to show that. So if they're going to do that, that's the loyalty Cole, that they show for all this time. Let's, let's go home, Cole. You got kids. It's not like we don't have other skills. Let's go home. That's why we're so important because we can hey, do everything enough, else. Just, hey, that's why they love us so it. much. Think about it. You can go home. You can see your kids, man. On a weekly basis. Think about it. Why, what you are we doing? Trust, trust me. Think about it. Trust me when I tell you, man. I've been doing this for 11 years, man. I understand. I understand. I, I feel like I've done everything the right way. I've done everything by the book. Of course you have. Yes. You have. You have. You've done it all. Find another mountain at the top of a mountain. You know what I'm saying? They put. You're going to put another mountain exactly. on top of that. That's what it is. You climb that mountain, they'll put another mountain on top of that. It doesn't end. I get it. But if we quit, then Vince wins. Then Daniel Bryan wins, man. We can't quit. Not like this. Come on. Man. I know. I, I know. I, I know. Emotions I are high, man. Emotions are running high right now. I think we need to just.
take some time and, and, and figure it out. Yeah. You know, but but I, I need to get out of this building first and foremost. Man. Right. I, I need to get out of this building. It's worth thinking about, man. Yeah. That's all, we can it? go home. And you got like, kids, you got a wife, you got a family. I've been doing this since I was 17. That's a long time, man. You I love work. this. I love this. But if it's not going to love me back, I can't be in that relationship anymore. 